0: EFTM
1: tech
2: cars lifestyle. This is the EFTM podcast with Trevor Long.
1: EFTM.
2: G'day, g'day. Great to have your company. Thank you for listening to the EFTM podcast. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. All those things help. Otherwise, how would you get it every week? I just don't understand. Um, but if you are just someone who clicks on the website and, and clicks the listen thing okay that's cool it's not intuitive but i guess you could be sitting at your computer at work and just listening in the background let me know i'm always keen to see hear understand how you're listening where you're listening and generally who's listening so always feel free to reach out on twitter at trevor long instagram at trevor long au or wherever you want and um say day. let me know share a photo whatever it is um be great to hear from you and always great to have um, feedback from people. Lots of great uh, reviews up there, lots of great emails this week. Always um, fascinating to see what's challenging people and we'll go through um, some of those callers very, very shortly. We're going to talk home entertainment and movie rentals. Rental and buying movies, not streaming. Because you know it's still a massive market and it's where some of the newer content is. So we will talk about that uh, on today's show. Um, and I will run you through a few cool things that are going on in the little time ahead, weeks and days, even, even tomorrow, I'm getting on a plane, all that and more here on EFTM podcast. Now, if you signed up to the EFTM uh, newsletter, thank you. And uh, if you haven't got it, it's not because of your spam folder today. It's just taking a long time to send there's a bug in the system, but it's being ironed out by the great man, Ben, um, and uh, we'll get it out to you, um, which will have the second secret code for the giveaway. I'll talk about that shortly. Um, but uh, yes, if you haven't got that, the other thing that I talked about, and I just wanted to mention here quickly, um, I talk about in this week's email, uh, is weight loss, because I mentioned it the, um it later, later in in last year um, dropping a few kgs been good um, I'm down 16 I've, I've hit 17 but let's broadly be honest I've hit 16 consistently um, and the next phase is probably not as easy as the last because I think the next phase requires me to actually get off my ass and do some exercise um, I'm not quite ready for that yet um, just time and motion study wise I'm not quite ready for it uh, but I'm, I'm slowly getting the motivation together to um, fire up the apple fitness i rode a bike to work today that might help um, but that was for a review so it won't last i'll do it once or twice um and uh, we'll see how we go but it's fascinating me because when i i was in at 2gb last week um uh talking with ray hadley about the 10th anniversary of two blokes talking tech with stephen Finnick, and thank you to everyone for their kind words about that <clears throat> but while i was sitting waiting benny fordham walked past and he goes "Jeez, mate you've lost some weight." And I went, oh, that's kind of a good feeling when someone hasn't seen you for a while and they notice. <clears throat> and he said, what have you been doing? And I said, weight watchers. And, um, it's funny because most people's, um, next response is how do you like the food? And I think that people think that weight watchers is like light and easy and Jenny Craig and all the others where you get sent food, but it's, but it's not. Um, and maybe I should get someone from weight watchers on to explain it rather than better than me. um, uh, if, you, if you're interested, let me know. I'll send me an email or tweet me or whatever. I'll, I'll think about what's what's interesting and I'll, we'll, we might get someone on. But for me, it's the perfect solution or th- that's, I believe, why it's worked is because it's about saying, here's how much you can eat in a day, a point's value. And then for every single thing you consume, you have to put a point value next to it. So today, I haven't had lunch yet. But I also got here early and I haven't had breakfast. I had a banana for breakfast and I had a, I've had ai had like three bottles of water and I had a level lemonade, my favourite drink. Now, level lemonade's two points and a banana is zero points. I've got another 30 points in my day. So I can have my nice chicken, grilled chicken and cheese sandwich, uh, maybe even a side of little hot chips. And tonight, I'll just have a simple but uh, moderated-sized dinner. And I reckon I'll be within my points balance for today. Now, I'm not currently logging all of that in the Weight Watchers app because I've kind of nominated in my head the prices of everything, the costs of everything. But when I hit my straps again and say, can we get an actual bit more weight loss? I'll use the app for sure because it's quite powerful. Um, so I think that if you've tried other things, see, this is the thing. you know what? I don't believe that anyone can tell you how to lose weight. You've got to want to lose weight. Um, and I'm not even sure I can keep it off. But the last couple of months have helped me understand that I think I can because I haven't been pushing too hard and I haven't I've just been doing my own thing and I've kept it. So I think I can do it. I think I can. I think I can. Um but yeah, don't believe that there's any magical solution. Weight Watchers for me might not do what it does for you. Um so or for you it might not do what it does for me. Uh, Jenny Craig, Light and Easy might be perfect thing. In fact, Light and Easy was what I ate. I ate Light and Easy meals for dinner for two and a half months because it was a way of absolutely guaranteeing that I was only eating 11 points worth of dinner every night. A really portion-controlled uh, approach to things. But it's been f- awesome uh, and highly recommend it. I don't use the app anything more than really just searching and logging food. It's a lot more it can do. So you can dive into it further for recipes and things. But you know me, don't really like much food, so I... Keep it simple. I've been eating the same. If we, if I got Weight Watchers to output some of the data from the app, it'd be like he eats these seven things a lot and <laughs> regularly. Anyway, um, thank you to the people that have that have mentioned um, that and asked me questions about it. Um, maybe I'll uh, I'll make a note to maybe talk to the people at Weight Watchers about a little interview and a chat to see if it can help other people as well. But for now, let's get cracking with calls. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM podcast. Thank you for listening. If you've got a tech question and you want to help with that, happy to help. Uh, just go to the website, EFTM.com. That's all you got to do. Trev's done that. G'day, Trev.
0: Good morning.
2: Great name. Let's be honest. We're ruling the world.
0: <laughs> Good on you. Thank you.
2: What can I do for you, Trev?
0: Right. Uh, we've shifted house. Previously, we had Telstra as our internet connection and the long on the mobiles. Everything worked beautiful. Okay. When we shifted to this new house, uh, we went with Belong with the NBN Uh um, and uh, left the phones with Belong. Ever since then, as you see, just for this last call, we we have a lot of trouble picking up phone calls. Uh, We miss phone calls. We can't hear them unless we go outside, which just happened to you, Uh, and uh, i have a uh, retired gentleman that's uh, i've been i've been on belong with days of backwards and forwards with that uh, mm. emails and and they want me to go and do this to the phone that i'm 86 i'm not up to speed with yeah. just, to-
2: just to be clear Trev, it's the internet's working fine. It's it's when you're on the mobile that you're having trouble. Yes,
0: yeah? the internet's going well. You know, we get Netflix and uh, and all that, and it might be a bit slow, but for me, it's okay. Yeah,
2: yeah. And you are in a you're in a kind of not regional area, but you're out out of metro. Would it would be a best way of describing it? In well, our
0: looks pretty well developed now. It's, yeah. uh, mm.
2: out on the Tonkin Highway. Is that where it is?
0: Oh Yeah, that's that new part of the highway, yeah. But it's not that far from Midland. I mean, Ellenbrook's been around a long time now. Yep. Uh, and there, there is a tower out here.
2: Ah, uh, okay. And I was just going to – that's my biggest question. So I think the the obvious problem here is is just mobile coverage. It's just a matter of whether or not there's coverage where you are. Um, exactly. Um, now, has Belong or, or Telstra talked to you about the coverage map and whether there is any um, coverage issues in the area?
0: No, they've, yes, they've checked all that out. At one stage, they said there was a, a, a problem with the tail, but that's all we done. They reckon the coverage is okay. But we're getting a cheap service, aren't we? That's one well, of the reasons.
2: But the thing is, honestly, the coverage you get with Telstra on Belong should be the same as you get with Telstra. Now, it's interesting. Yeah. If I look at the map, the Telstra coverage map, They've even put a five G tower out near you. Um, yeah, it's kind of out near in between the vines and Upper Swan. But I'm just looking at the map. But there's certainly no five G exactly where you are. What model and make of mobile phone do you have?
0: Oh, it's an old one. It's uh, Samsung, an old phone. It's not a. Uh, it's not a. Uh, um, it's not a smartphone. Yeah. No, no, that's what I'm going to say. And, and uh, we, we're going to get this guy to check that, what the longer suggested yeah. out as far as the phone goes.
2: Um, I, I but, would, I, is, is it a 3G phone? Does it say 3G on it?
0: Well, I don't that's know. I can't, I, I can't answer
2: So I think, here's what I think, Trev. I, if it's an older phone, I bet... It's a 3G phone. Now, what's fascinating to me looking at the coverage map in your area is that 3G is good, but it it kind of ends just across the Great Northern Highway, whereas 4G, 4G has a better coverage in the area. That's not to say it will be better, but I do wonder whether or not it would be a better solution. Now, the other problem is, and this is the challenge you've got as someone who just, you know, wants it to work and couldn't be buggered, you know, going through the steps. And you might need to find someone. Maybe it's the Telstra store. Maybe it's Geeks to you. But if you were to get a newer mobile phone, right? Now, a smartphone sounds daunting, but you don't need it for the smarts. You just need it for a couple of features. The first one, 4G. The second one is a thing we call voice over Wi-Fi. Now, what that means is even if you've got no Telstra mobile coverage in your home, but you do have the internet through Belong, you know, you've got your Wi-Fi there, then you can actually make and take phone calls. So
0: Uh, That's a a thing you can buy, isn't it?
2: Well, it's a feature of modern smartphones. Oh, okay. So the challenge there is it's a big upgrade because you're getting not just a smartphone, but you're going to need one of the more later ones. But if you were to go to a Telstra store and say to them, look, here's my problem. This phone here Hmm. isn't that great and I'm on Belong. Now you tell them you don't want to. I don't want to switch to Telstra. i um, Telstra owns Belong, so if, the, Telstra, yeah, if the if the Telstra store tries to move you over to Telstra, just tell them to stick it. <laughs> but yeah. what what you are potentially willing to do is is get a new device, a new handset from them. And if they're willing to sell you that, and you're willing to pay, then you ask them, um, can they set up voice over Wi-Fi on it?
0: Voice over Wi-Fi, That's right it.
2: Eh? So there's two things you want, 4G or voice over Wi-Fi. Okay, good man. Between the two okay. of those things, uh, my, my only concern, as I, as I say it out loud, I wonder whether Belong even supports voice over Wi-Fi. Um, I'm going to look it up right now. But here's the thing, get yourself a 4G phone straight off the bat because that's going to tell us whether or not the 4G coverage in your home is better. Right. And it may well be. But if it's not, then unfortunately the only thing to do might be to switch away from Belong just for your mobile phone yep. to get um, Telstra's voice over Wi Fi.
0: All right. So voice over and 4G.
2: 4G first. If that doesn't work, voice over Wi Fi.
0: Okay. I'll go and write that down. Otherwise, I'll forget. And no, thank you very much. Good on you, Trev. For your call. Wonderful to get a service like that. Thank you. No
2: worries, Trev. Good on you, mate. Good luck. And uh, it's a tough one because, Trev. As he said, he's eighty-six. Doesn't want to buggerize around with all the rubbish that needs to go on to to make that happen. But it is also a um a fallback of the lower end carriers like Belong or Boost or Aldi or Woolworths or Kogan. They don't often have those next level features. Uh, so for example, voice over Wi-Fi. I don't think Belong will have that. But and like five G, you won't get that either. But who cares? But I reckon four G weirdly given that 3G should be prolific, 4G might solve the problem for Truth. You never know, and hopefully he'll let us know, and we'll find out. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long here, taking your calls. If you've got a question about technology, get in touch. Go to the website eftm.com. G'day, Chris.
1: Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah,
2: really good. What can I do for you?
1: Uh, Trevor, I had a, a question regarding... Uh mobile signal on these various providers and mm-hmm. I recently had uh, one of the main providers in Australia and I swapped from them to uh, the second most popular provider.
2: So you went from and,
1: Telstra to Optus? <laughs> yes, that's correct. Thank you. I didn't know I should mention the names. That's okay. And um, and because uh, Optus had a better deal, etc, etc. And then when I got home, I uh, started uh, using the phone and then realized that the, the signal, the bars on when I had the Telstra one, usually we're in Canada usually I had about three or four bars of signal and it was fine but now it, it's, it's lucky to get one bar and even though we're in a 4g area and they and you do a little research and they say it's all 4g 4g and blah blah mm-hmm. blah yep. but depending on where the I think where the uh, signal posts are or whatever they call it, the towers yep uh, you could be at the end you can be between towers and and the switching area or something yes and the signal could drop down to bugger all. Yeah. So the, quest, the question then is, uh, what can I do? And then more importantly, how does a, a person goes into a shop and they and, and they get signed up, they're all excited, they sign the plan and then they get home and realise, hang on, I've, I've done I've been done it here, so yeah. to speak.
2: How long ago did you sign
1: up? Oh, probably November.
2: Yeah, right, okay. It might be a little bit past the point of no return now. I... I right. I would have gone back within a month and said, I'm sorry, the service is not up to scratch, Um, cancel my contract. Um, Vodafone have a 30-day network guarantee, for example, where for that very reason, you know, they can look at all the maps in the world, but if it's not what it is, what you want it to be, then you're kind of in trouble. Um, So if the answer to the question in terms of what does someone normally do is I would highly recommend people look at the coverage maps on the websites of the telcos um, and investigate addresses and not just where you live but where you work and where you most commonly go. Um, before you switch telcos. The, given yeah. that you're already down that path, there's not a lot you can do other than um, hope for a network upgrade, which is like waiting for, you know, snow to come in Perth. Yes. So the other thing is, and weirdly, we've already talked about this once already on the show, is, is there's oh. a thing called Wi-Fi calling. Well, did you get the new iPhone?
1: Yeah, iPhone 12 Pro.
2: So I, I want you to... Look into the phone, um, not right now, but when you've got time. And, and yeah. if you need to call Optus for technical support, go for it. But okay. under under settings on the iPhone and then in the tab mobile, you, you should or might see an option for Wi-Fi calling. It might also yes. be called voice over Wi-Fi. And now what that does is it uses your any internet network, so any Wi-Fi network, to make and take calls and text messages instead of the cellular network. So right. in an area where you have no coverage, you could literally go to Darwin, let's say Ayers Rock, yes. Uluru, and if there's a Wi-Fi hotspot there and your yeah. phone was on it, you could make calls because it uses the Wi-Fi network to get the call out. And right. it works really well for people in low-coverage areas. My my concern or question around your usage of it would be, how well does it work when you've actually got one or two bars of mobile coverage and five bars of Wi-Fi, does it prioritise Wi-Fi over uh, mobile? But it's, it's, it's absolutely worth testing and playing with, mate. So settings, right. yes. mobile, voice yes. over Wi-Fi or Wi-Fi calling. Okay. All right, so um, enable and that then- and see.
1: And so and so then when I drive around from different areas to different areas, it'll, no, it'll it'll pick up it'll, the it'll the just, Wi-Fi, it'll just, or it'll, it'll
2: just it'll just be on the normal. Cell. It'll it'll be on the it'll be on the mobile. It's only when you're connected to a Wi-Fi network, so yes. you're at home or you're at the office, yes. that it will use yeah. the Wi-Fi network. Just because there's a Wi-Fi mm. network there, you've got to be connected yeah. to it for it to utilize that for the mobile calls.
1: Right, right. But but uh, sorry, just back to your original point about doing the research, the, this area when you do the map, it, it looks, says four G everywhere. But yeah. but but that doesn't mean anything. No. So the re, so how does the average punter we do the four G and say, yeah 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 but 100%. where the hell where the hell's the tower? They don't tell you where the towers are. No,
2: they don't And, and I, was and, saying, and I yeah. think I think that's where you've gotta have the wherewithal and unfortunately this as I said, the horse is bolted to yeah. to call them on that. Like when I say call them on it, I mean name them and and walk into the store and say, listen, you've signed me to a a two-year contract that doesn't work for me. I need out. And if they say no, then what you do is you say, I'm going to the telecommunications industry ombudsman and they'll they'll freak out. Your problem will be that was four months ago now. Um, And, you know, it it would be a tough call for them to say, yeah, but it's been okay. Like you haven't not had calls because it's working so you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's a tough one, given it's four months old. Yeah. that would be my advice to people: is like okay. any product, look at the returns yeah. um, option on that. And I would say, within a month of you, of switching to Telco, you should have the yeah. right to go back and and try and okay. get some resolution. All right, mate. Voice over Wi-Fi okay. or Wi-Fi calling should do the trick for you.
1: Okay, great, beautiful. Thanks very much. Good appreciate it. No worries it. at all.
2: It is a tough one, and I th- I think that's why in Vodafone maybe they don't have it anymore. Um. They used to promote that quite heavily because their whole purpose in life is to get people to switch because they know they're the third biggest telco. Their whole business plan is to get get customers from the other telcos, right? The only way to do that is to give people some satisfaction that it's not going to be a risk, which is why they have the network guarantee, um, which is uh, which is pretty pretty cool. Uh, just, I just I do think that if Chris had gone back within weeks of signing up, he might have been able to get out of that contract, um, but months later. Probably a touch hard. The other thing I was going to talk about this week, um, again, rather personal in, in a general sense, but I think it's interesting fodder. Um, and it's it relates to self-employment. And I think self-employment for some people is is a goal. It's something you want to do. It's desirable. I've been self-employed now for five years, I think. uh, in fact, geez, uh, March, it'll be coming up. I wonder what the date was that I left SPS. It'll be coming up five years. Um, so the problem with being self-employed is the banks don't like it. Um, so we didn't tell our bank that I'd quit my job. Why would I do that? I've got a mortgage. Oh, I hadn't missed a payment. Why would I tell them I've quit my job? Um, I don't want to freak them out. And so for five years... And for the many years before that, I've never missed a payment on my mortgage. But then comes a the times where you go, you know what? We probably need to do some work here. We need new bathrooms. We haven't touched them and they haven't been touched in like 40 years. Um, we probably need to do something in the backyard. I wouldn't mind getting solar panels. There's some things we want to do, right? It's going to cost the money. You want to refinance. You've got to take advantage of the fact that interest rates are really, really low right now and refinance. So we, we did that. We've got a great mortgage broker uh, Warren Williams in the local area from Mortgage Choice, awesome legend. So much effort goes into what they do. I'd never really appreciated it until now, and I did a whole bunch of speaking gigs a couple of years ago for the um, MFAA, the Mortgage Finance Association, and never really got an appreciation for how much work they do because it's not just, you know, thanks, yes, good. They've got to go away and compile everything. They've got to trawl through your bank statements and turn it into a, an application. It's brilliant what they do. And we applied with one bank and, and got knocked back, Uh about a month and a half ago. And that was disappointing, but we we knew we were not a guarantee of getting anything because I'm self-employed and we're in the middle of COVID and there's things like JobKeeper going on and all that stuff. It's a strange world. And they're looking very critically and closely at everyone. I think that's good. But then the funny thing was the next bank we applied with was actually the owner of the bank that knocked us back and it was looking good. And this week we got approval. It's, It's such a great feeling. Can I tell you right now, probably the best feeling I've had outside of, you know, personal family, marriage and kids and stuff in, a, in an employment sense because I feel like it's validation that things are doing very well as we joke. Um, but it's validation that I'm able to earn my own money. It's great. It's so good. Um, and this show is a part of that. I appreciate everyone, um, everyone's loyalty. And um, I, as I said, I haven't put sponsors on this yet because we don't need to right now, but it's, it's good this way. But it's a nice validation, it's a really good feeling and it's an inspiration to kind of keep going too. Um, I had someone else on Twitter say to me, that's why I sold my business, because I was self-employed, needed a real job so that we could get an application in. And to be very clear, it's not just me. Um, me being self-employed isn't enough. My wife has a job too and that's one of the sole reasons she's working what and doing what she does is so that we can have a very steady second income or first income as the case may be. And um, hopefully that was a big role in the banks making the decision. So exciting. Um, and hopefully over the year ahead, we'll do some fun, interesting renos. I shan't be doing a single thing because I ain't DIY motivated. All right? It's not my thing. So don't expect to see any photos on Instagram of me swinging a hammer. Uh, not going to happen. Uh, you're listening to the EFTM podcast. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTN podcast. EFTM. Now, the Book Portage giveaway is live still. It ends this Sunday. I think it's the 7th, uh, 3rd, 4th, 5th, Yeah, 7th of March. I will uh, draw a winner on, at nighttime on the 7th of March. We'll come into the office and click the button on the uh, competition platform, and it will choose a winner. We will then check the winner for validity. Are you Australian? Have you met the criteria? Uh, I.e., you don't work for me, which is easy because no one does. Um, uh, have you met the criteria? Do you live in Australia? And then the winner will be announced and someone will get a $2,099 laptop. It's awesome. Sign up to the newsletter. Um, join the man cave on Facebook for all the extra secret codes. And the most important thing, and this is what I'm, it's actually a quite a low number of entries have come from referring your friends. <clears throat> now, I don't know whether that's because you're, you're ashamed of telling your friends you've entered a competition, but th- that's part of it for me, right? The part of it here is this is not about just giving something away to people who currently listen, read, or watch. It's about growing that audience. So if you can tell your friends about what we do here, then I get a benefit, but also you get a benefit because you get extra entries. If your friends enter the comp on your recommendation, you get additional entries. That's how it works. Very cool scheme I've got going on, don't you reckon? Um, I, I would value your feedback on the process because if I do something even bigger... Well, this is probably the process I'm going to use, but there are probably be a lot more secret codes, a lot more ways to enter. But anyway, we'll um we'll see as the weeks roll on. But most importantly, right now, efgm.com. Just scroll down past the the first kind of half page, and you'll see the Diner Book uh, Portege giveaway linked um, as one of the top entries down at the bottom, where it says everything we've got. Um, the post is there, so. Um, Good luck. Enter now. Hopefully you can win a $2,000 laptop. My review of the DynaBook Portage is up at YouTube now. Just go to youtube.com forward slash EFTM online. It's a beautiful laptop. Thank you for listening. Trevor Long taking your calls. Peter's on the line. G'day, Pete.
3: Hi, Trevor. How are you? Yeah, really well. That's good. Hey, Trevor, just that that query, Uh, I've got a a 2016 Samsung TV and I want to project KO Sports to it. Um, Clearly, I can't do screen uh, mirroring. Um, And I was looking at uh, Chromecast. Apparently, that's going to have uh, Apple TV coming out on it. Is that correct?
2: So, you want KO. You've got KO. You've also got Apple TV. Yep. But you've got an older smart T V that can't do both, is that right?
3: That's that's correct, Trevor. Yeah. That's a better better summation.
2: Yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'm just trying to get my head around it. So you've but you've actually got an Apple T V plus subscription where you're watching Apple content, yeah?
3: That's correct, yeah. yeah. And I've got a I've got a first series yeah. Apple T V, which works okay, but it's just another device you've got to mess about with.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean look, the thing is a Chromecast is just another device you've got to mess about with as well. Right?
3: Yeah,
2: that's right. But you got to resign to the fact that the, the the two apps are not going to come to your TV. Mm-hmm. But the, yeah. you're, you're spot on. The new Chromecast with Google TV—that's the one you want. Don't just buy. I was at yeah. JB Hi-Fi the other day, and I noticed they've got all the last generation Chromecast there. You know, great price and everything. But the standard Chromecast does not do what you want it to do. What okay. you want, what you want, it it kind of can and, and will using your smartphone or a tablet, but what you want is a Chromecast with Google TV, which is a little mm-hmm. device that also has a remote of its own, right? Yep. So awesome. So it's brand new. You've, they've just released the Apple TV app on it, so you can install the Apple TV app, K.O., uh, Disney, Netflix, Stan, you name them, they can mm-hmm. all be installed on there, um, all the catch-up channels, 7, 9, 10, everything. Um, and the great thing is because it doesn't need your phone or tablet you can just basically have your TV on HDMI 1 use the remote control for the Google which can also be paired with the volume of your TV so you can use the, just the one remote to turn up the volume as well. Um, yeah great. And, hey Presto you're in you're watching Apple TV content you got KO and it's it's beautiful like mate it's such a great device it's the best thing you can buy under 100 bucks.
3: Yeah, that's awesome. No, that's exactly what I wanted to do, Trevor, because, you know, multiple uh, remotes and all the rest of the stuff to your head in. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, that'll that fix the problem. That's that's ideal. I just wanted to make sure. And yeah. thanks for the heads up on the Chrome, t- the uh, Google TV. That's what, that's what, what I need to do. 99
2: bucks. That's what you should be paying, mate. Chromecast with Google TV. Good luck, mate.
3: Fantastic. Thanks, Trevor. Cheers, buddy. See you,
2: mate. And no worries at all. anytime And if you've got a question, uh, happy to take it. Uh, anytime, just send me an email, uh, go to the website, EFTM.com. This is the EFTM Podcast. Now, we talk a lot about streaming, Netflix, Stan, Disney. There's so many of the bloody things. Uh, And frankly, the amount of money I spend every month on streaming is ridiculous. Thus, I've actually cancelled a couple of them because you kind of got to look at it and go, I'm spending money on things I'm not really watching. But I think my next guest might argue there's something better out there for people, which is... Something that we've kind of lost a bit of track of, but gee whiz, 2020 turned the tide on the digital rental and buying, purchasing of uh, movies and in a big way, in a big way because of the pandemic and because of lockdown. So I thought we'd talk about that with Chris Shard, the the Executive Director of the AHEDA. Chris, g'day mate. Hi, good morning. Explain to me the Australian Home Entertainment Distributors Association, Who, who do you represent? What do you stand for?
4: Okay, so the Australian Home Entertainment Distributors Association uh, is made up of both uh, the Hollywood studios, mm-hmm. so companies like uh, Universal, Disney, Paramount, um, Studio Canal is a member as well, mm-hmm. uh, and then there's some Australian distributors. Roadshow's a member, uh, Madman's a member, Defiance's a member. So it's a they're the the anchor. Sort of members. Yep. There's some associate members, which includes companies like Fetch, yep. uh, Foxtel, uh, Telstra, are all uh, members of the Australian Home Entertainment Distributors Association.
2: And, and your your hope is to ensure that people continue to see the value in um, box office releases direct to the home and and uh, direct in on all the platforms that they're available, whether it's DVD or digital.
4: Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. It's. Uh, it's you know the, the industry body um, that has been responsible for things like working with the government on uh, on copyright issues and piracy, um, which have obviously been yep. impacted uh, in these parts of the business or causing impact in these parts of the business. Um, you know, moving from the physical business right back in the days of, of VHS and then onto the DVD and now into the uh, into the digital sphere. So it's. Uh, it's with a focus on the digital transactional services, so digital rental and uh, and digital buying.
2: So digital. Di- digital buying and rental, I think, is still probably not in in its infancy, but it's certainly uh, growing out of toddler years. But it's still, I think, for a lot of people, fail to realise that there are movies at their fingertips they don't have to wait for them to come to platforms they might be subscribing to. They they may well be available now to watch um, straight out of cinemas, let alone even before cinemas. And that's what's seen the growth um, last year, wasn't it? That, frankly, we all realised that we were locked down. We were looking for something to watch. We want to put something on for the kids. And a lot of us were turning to great movies that have only just made their way into uh, the rental or buy platforms.
4: Correct. So it's the first place so that – the, the, the places that consumers can go to get this content are places like Apple's uh, iTunes, Google Play, uh, Foxtel's store, uh, Telstra box office fetch, uh, YouTube has a movie service as well. Um, and it's the first location that movies, it's the first place that movies land after they've been in the cinema um, or, in some cases, where movies you know don't open in the cinemas, mm-hmm. they'll they'll debut on these digital platforms. Uh, and the nice thing about these platforms, of course, is that all the Hollywood studios and all the Australian distributed studios contents lands on these platforms, whereas um, with the streaming services that you mentioned, um, not all the content goes to to those platforms. Some platforms have relationships with one or two Hollywood studios, so they get their movies, but not necessarily. All the Hollywood studios, which means that if you're chasing a certain movie and you want to watch it on a streaming service, you're you know, you're scrolling through streaming services to try and find that that movie.
2: And also these um these platforms, and I'll I'll use Fetch as the example because I'm a massive fan and advocate of it. But these platforms are essentially the um the video store of of the day because. I assume that the terminology still exists, but it would be foreign to most listeners, windowing of of content. So the first window of availability is a cinema and the second window might be rental. The next window might be purchasing in a certain way. These windows have evolved over the years, haven't they? And so now you go either direct to or from cinema, the window, first window of opportunity for someone to get it outside of a cinema might be just by searching for that movie on fetch. And there it is with a click of a button, you can rent it
4: exactly exactly yes and 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 look through what was obviously a, a challenging year for the movie industry last year um there was an acceleration in some cases of movies moving very quickly from cinemas onto these digital platforms um and in and, and in other cases we saw movies you know, debuting on these uh the, on these platforms
2: and I, th- I think what's fascinating to me is when we look at new released uh, a while ago and i've got it up at com the uh the top-selling movies of of the last year, and you know, Jumanji: The Next Level was a big movie in cinemas. So, does it always follow that the big hits do follow quite well on the on the rental digital platforms, or is there often a little bit of a a, a spike in different content because it's a more direct to consumer uh, approach?
4: Look, there's there's uh, you know, over the, the the history of the industry, there have been titles that have sp- played stronger into this. Home uh, market, mm-hmm. um, but quite often you will see those movies that have you know topped the the box office chart. They're generally there or thereabouts yeah. in the uh, in the in the bestsellers. Um, but we saw that within the the rental chart, for instance, um, there was a couple of titles like The Gentleman, which performed you know right right towards the top of the charts. Mm. Um, and it obviously wasn't the biggest film at the box office. It did very very well. Um, but Jumanji certainly translated uh, from a strong box office, uh, both the first movie and then the follow-up, um, both performed very well at box office and then converted very well, both in the, the purchase, uh, so people wanted to own that movie, uh, but it also rented very well.
2: See, it's funny because I think some titles just lend themselves to, to the home viewing. Now, while Ford v Ferrari would have been awesome on a big screen, I had nowhere to go with and I have no interest in sitting in a cinema on my own, whereas I'm happy to sit in the man cave and just search on Fetch and find a find a movie, right? So that's obviously one of the reasons why you get a, a slight sh- uh, shuffling of the titles in terms of what happens on uh, on a on a digital uh, online platform at home. But it is this is literally, and it's still an education, isn't there, for people around. You know, DVD, I still get callers wanting to know how to put their movies on DVD and I'm like, stop, don't, please put your home movies onto (laughs) digital. Um, But there's a big market for DVD still, I get that. Um, But for most people, the simplicity of uh, a Telstra box or a fetch box or just renting a movie on Foxtel is overwhelmingly better than any other platform and it makes it so easy for people to enjoy these movies.
4: Absolutely. look, I, I think you know the the physical business as as we refer to it, which is very much the DVD business, you know mm. people like the that sort of sense of of you know tactile ownership and control, right? Mm. so so they can certainly you know they're not they're not concerned about you know internet usage, um they' are able to sort of use their device, um, and obviously Blu-ray has delivered a really fantastic looking, uh, movie experience on the yep. screen at home. Um, the digital, you know, transactional businesses have certainly made life very simple. In that, uh, you know, as you say, from the, the man main cable, from the family uh, lounge room, it's uh, pretty easy with a uh, a click of the remote control to uh, access these movies from your preferred service.
2: And it's also fascinating to me looking at the data from last year that TV TV series are also big. In, in your world because, some, for example, Brooklyn Nine-Nine, it stood out to me because the seventh series was actually hard to find. So, for example, my son watched the whole bloody thing on Netflix but then come seventh series, he's like, well, what do I do now? And I'm like, well, we can go and buy it or we can find a platform that's got it and we can rent it. Um, so, you the, like – that, that process of watching stuff and buying content and having that, that ownership over something like iTunes has still got a big role to play. And I own that series, even though I don't physically have a copy of it, I own it. People want yes. that, don't they?
4: They do. They absolutely do. And uh, I think your experience with your son is the same as mine with my son. So <laughs> uh, he's been an avid consumer of a uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, and, and he's often, the, as is often the case, uh, people will watch their favourite TV shows, you know, on more than one occasion, um, and certainly yeah. that's been evidenced by the ongoing success of series like uh, Game of Thrones, which continues to perform well and perform well again last year, despite it have you know been completed as a series uh, in the year before that.
2: Yeah. Now you're about to launch um, a thing called Movie Frenzy, which kind of takes in, I guess, Easter period. How does this work? Because obviously, there's there's a, essentially deals here being done. There's discounted prices. Is this the industry as a whole agreeing to to drop prices on certain titles? I mean, how how do you negotiate this across all platforms for people to be able to be incentivised to buy or rent content?
4: Uh, it's it, it's so the idea of the event is really to encourage, um, I guess, new consumers to uh, to sample and try. Uh, either buying or renting. So you know, we talked before about how how easy it is. Well, it's to encourage customers to uh, to come that might already be uh, an Apple customer or a Google customer that hasn't rented or bought a film before. Right. So the idea of the movie frenzy is to uh, with with those platforms support to encourage customers to to sample, if you like. Um, or across any of the other platforms that we're we working with, as I mentioned, it's you know Amazon Prime, Telstra, uh, YouTube, Microsoft, PlayStation, etc. Um, uh, you know, it's also to get people that perhaps you know have maybe not rented or purchased recently to uh, to to come back and and try a recent release or a, uh, or, a or a classic or a favorite film. Um, the the pricing is something that each of the studios or the member companies that I mentioned before um, negotiate directly with the platform. So yep. it's, not a, it's not an industry um, sort of an agreement around pricing. There are individual discussions with each of the studios on pricing. So you'll see pricing will vary. Um, from from sort of film to film. Um, But generally there is an agreement that this is a period when movies will be discounted um, and it's a week-long promotion and it runs uh, a couple of times a year. Uh, And the primary purpose, purpose, as I said, is to get people into the category or to get them back into the category. So
2: if you've got a fetch box and you've been watching, um, maybe you've got the odd channel you watch that's extra on the internet uh, and the rest of the time you just, you know, recording free-to-air television and you've never pressed that movie store button or if you've been to YouTube and you've searched for a, a movie and it's actually come up and said, you know, and you've thought, oh, I can watch this on YouTube and then you realise, oh, right, I've got to pay for it. It's actually simple to do. As long as you've got a transactional backend set up and you've probably already got that, especially with Fetch or Telstra and the like, it really is a couple of clicks before you get well the the thing that you want to watch. It's there for you, ready. And in the uh, in the old analogy, you don't have to check whether there's one available on, on on the shelf, do you?
4: No, that's right. It's 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 once you click, you can start streaming. And uh, the uh, the prices are, are are pretty encouraging. You know, I think there's been prices as low as ninety nine cents, through to a couple of bucks on uh, on some of the more recent releases. So it's uh, ideally it's you know to entice customers to sample it and then understand how really it's it, how easy it is.
2: I think you should buy the rights to one of the big chains like Video Easy or Civic Video or something. And once a year you have a promo that is, you know, it's Civic Video Week and you've got to get in fast because there's only two copies of Tenant on the shelf. Um, and for that week, only, you've got 24 hours to watch it and then it automatically goes back and then someone else gets the – do you know what I mean? It would be, like be like a game where, where the people, people get to win by watching a movie just so that our kids can understand the pain that we went through to watch a bloody movie.
4: It was a different time, and it actually wasn't that long ago. But uh, you bring Tenet is is actually one of the titles that's featured in this movie frenzy. So uh, for anybody that hasn't caught it yet at the cinemas, uh, it's available on the digital platforms uh, to rent or to buy, and it'll be uh, available at a, at a great price during movie frenzy. As will a number of the the movies that appeared on the charts. Yeah. Uh, so Sonic the Hedgehog's in there. Uh, which did very well during the, uh, the 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 pandemic period. It's available to rent or to buy. I'm going uh, to watch
2: Trolls World Too. I haven't seen that yet. So uh, kids watch the original one. I'm not. sure. They've probably seen it, but I, I certainly haven't. So I'll watch that. Uh, sounds Yeah, weird. yeah,
4: and Rams and Dirt Music. Some great Aussie films coming through as well.
2: The uh, Movie Frenzy runs from March the fifth to March eleventh, and you can check it out on all the any any platform that says rent or buy. Just give it a try and check the prices from March the fifth. Chris, before I let you go, and this is a massive question without notice, but it just dawned on me earlier when you were talking about working with the government on different things. Does your organisation have any, any uh, I guess, view or, or policy at this point around classifications of content? Because I've been having – I'll give you the background. I've been talking this week on the radio about YouTube announcing they're going to have um, uh, new levels for kids. There's like this you – know, you've got YouTube Kids now. They're going to have a, a an Explore and Explore More and then another level before you get to the kind of full-blown – YouTube experience, which I think is great. And I I encourage people to utilise those parental controls when possible. But it does bring up a bugbear of mine around internet content, which is there is no ratings on internet content. And I think that parents can often be lost in the fact that with movies and with TV shows, there's a rating and we know what kids can watch. Do you have a view on whether or not government should get involved in whether or not content more broadly should have applicable ratings applied to it in some way, shape or form?
4: It's a good, very good question. I think our focus has always been on the, the content that's being, I guess, produced by the the, the studios and the um, and the Australian uh, production companies.
2: So anything your your, uh, your members are making is obviously rated and 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 classified in, in a correct way. Correct. Um, yeah, that makes sense. And I, I guess that um, while, while ever you're distributing to those, um, th- and those companies are distributing to the places where um, uh, classifications are required, we've always got a winner as a, as a family and as parents, you know, looking down that avenue of finding content that is correctly classified allows you to have peace of mind around what your kids watch, which is what Absolutely. happens with my kids. Often it's not, you know, we want to go to the movies with our mates. They just want to have all their mates around because we've got a big screen TV and, and, and it's like kids just – Pick a movie, and I've got the parental code on the Fetch TV. They still don't know that. Pick a movie, and then I'll decide whether it's whether it's uh, suitable, and then I'll press the parental code, and we're off and running, and, and we can rent and buy as we go. And that's that's such a great way to enjoy a movie night in using Absolutely. one of these
4: services. Absolutely. And I think, you know, when you've got other people's kids around the house, I guess you feel that responsibility yes. even more so.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Fascinating stuff. Movie frenzy kicks off this Friday. Check it out on all big platforms. Chris Chard, executive director at the AHEDA, mate. Appreciate your time. Very, very insightful stuff. And uh, good luck with the future.
4: Thanks so much, Trevor. This is the EFT
2: podcast. EFTM podcast. Helping you with any tech questions you've got. Darren's on the line. G'day, Darren.
4: G'day, Trevor. How are you this yeah, morning?
2: Good, mate. What can I do for you?
5: Yeah, Trevor. Just trying to find out a little bit about Netflix. Um, I noticed on my bill. In July, it changed from about $13 a month to 19 and what they were telling me was that I've gone from two screens to four screens. When I've contacted them, I've used the uh, online chat box, and they just constantly tell me that I'd authorised it, and I'm just trying to find out how you actually authorise something that you don't do.
2: Okay, so there's a couple of potential issues here. One of them is the prices of Netflix plans do and have gone up over time. Um, I think, what was I paying? I feel like it was $15.99 and it went up to $19.99. Um, but it wasn't a change in plan. It was a change in price, if that makes sense. So I'm, I'm trying to understand whether or not yours was a change in price for the same plan or whether they're saying you actually chose to change plans. Because if we look at it, I'm trying to see here, let me go on to mine, change plans. Um, the basic plan is one screen, standard definition, ten ninety nine. The next plan is standard, two screens, full HD, um, fifteen ninety nine. And the premium plan, which I'm paying for, is four screens, Ultra HD, uh nineteen ninety nine. Are they saying you chose to go from standard to premium, or are they saying that the price of premium went from whatever it was to what it is now
5: no they're saying that i've gone from two screens to four screens that i've chose
2: that well i mean are you the only person with the account
5: oh my children use it there's no doubt you know they did question me on that but no i've actually had a look at it and i can as i said i think there was a price increase i think it was june to july and that's what you've just identified, yep, yep. but it's not just the price increase that's concerned me. Is that I've gone from from two
2: screens to four screens? Well, I think I think what you need to do is go back. So you need to jump on the website, and here's the thing: you can't do it on the on the TV. You have to do it on the website. Um, yep. You got to click your little profile, go to account, and then change plan. You need to go back to the two screen plan straight up. Um, yep. Four dollars a month, different price. You know, the question here is: Are you? Do you want to push the issue with them on the chat and say, listen? I don't remember, I don't agree that I authorised the price change. Um, I've I've chosen to go back to the standard plan uh, in in the settings. Um, I'd like a, a refund of the $4 a month that was charged extra for the one month because there I have no record of anyone making that change. And you put it on them and say, the onus is on you. On what date and on what device did I make that change? Because they might be able to identify on a given date and on a given computer that you actually made that change, and it might not have been you; it might have been someone else in the family. Yep. But but if that change has been made, then it's either been made automatically, which I supremely doubt, um, unless you were on some. My only thing in my back of my head was maybe you're on some legacy plan from years ago that no longer exists. And oh,
5: I have had it for a long time, Trevor.
2: And I wonder whether that was, you know. Um, deleted and, and the default was to put you on the premium. But that's why I think it's a it's an onus on them to prove. And I, I, look, I don't know how you do it with a big American company who couldn't give a rat's about Australian uh, consumer <laughs> law. But the first thing you need to do is, is physically show them that you don't want to be on the premium plan by changing to the standard plan, right? And when you yep. do that, take a screenshot, write a note in your diary that says on the 2nd of March at 11.20am or whatever it is, you made the change. So that when yep. you say to them... I'd like you to show me the date, time, and device on which any plan change was made, yeah. um, then then they should be able to show you the one that happened on March the 2nd today because you're about to do it, but what happened before that? And that's that's okay. kind of the most important thing. I don't – my point about Australian and, and American businesses, I don't know what threat you pull over them though because if it was if it was Stan, for example, you would say, I'm going to go to the ACCC or I'm going to go to the Department of Fair Trading, you know, you would – you would call their bluff essentially by saying, no, no, I'm going to take this further. It almost sounds ridiculous over $4, but it's, if, if it's important to you, I think it, you know, you'd need to understand how and why it happened. Um, so yeah, that's what I would be doing via that online chat, but you need to show them that you don't want to be on the premium plan now by changing yeah. back to standard and then, um, putting it on them to, um, uh, to, to prove what you did and how you did it. Cause it's funny, when I saw your email, I was like, mate, they can change the, they can change the price. That's what they do. But understanding that the, you, th- you said that ch- the plan was changed, that absolutely should not occur without your authorization.
5: And that was a bit that frustrated me because, as you said, it's only $4. Um, even it's only $30 over the period. But mm. when, when I actually thought about it, my concern was, as I said, I'll oh, go and talk to your bank, go and talk to your bank. And I thought, well, that's going to tell me absolutely nothing. Yeah. All I'm interested in is who's actually authorised it, and if they say it's that device, as you just said, I'll go, oh, yeah, I'll have to wear that. But otherwise, I'd like to know how it happened. That's all.
2: Yeah, I think I think the onus is on them to show you on what date, at what time, and on what device a plan – be very clear, A pl- don't say price change – a plan change was made. Okay. Um, and also, while you're in the account settings on the website, um, have a look at billing details. Um, I've done that, Trevor, yeah. So – for how many months have you been charged the higher amount
4: since
5: july
2: right okay so you can clearly see before that it was 15 or
5: 13.99 yeah something like that yeah
2: yeah so cuz i'm looking at mine going i've been paying 20 every month I, there's no there's no difference for me unfortunately so i can't you know see and you also can't dig down on it but what you sh- what you can also do is like you can click on the date you know what's really annoying i'm going to agree with you here when you click on the the date of the billing it just says date and streaming service. It doesn't say for what service you were provided. So it doesn't say standard plan, basic plan, premium plan, which yep. is quite annoying. Because if you look at the one month that was nineteen ninety nine, and then the month before, which was fifteen ninety nine, for example, there's going to be no difference in the invoice other than the amount. Whereas yes. under membership, it shows you that you and you sh- you should say this to them. You should say, listen, on my invoice, it does not say which plan I was on in June. It's exactly the same as what I was on in in July, so you need to prove to me what 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 price what plan decision was made, and you know like it's six months worth, so that's that's a that's a that's dinner, right? Let's get that four bucks back a month for six months. It's a bit, I'm with you here, but I, I just worry about the challenge and the um, emotional energy that'll be exerted um, going through it, mate. That's all.
5: Thanks, Trevor. I really appreciate
2: it. All right, buddy, anytime. And uh, if you got a question uh, like Darren, it's a very good one. I mean, think about it. That's it's almost outrageous, really. But, of course, the having been the person people call when they have tech problems for many years, um, family, friends, and others before I did radio and stuff, It was often the case that you go to a family house and you'd say, what's wrong? And the computer was bogged down. They haven't done anything different. But the kids have got LimeWire and they're downloading torrents. And this was, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Um, There was always a reason for it. Um, In this case, it may well be that someone else in the house went, I might just upgrade the plan. Dad won't notice. We'll soon see. We'll see whether Darren lets us know. Thank you for listening. Got a question? Hit me up. Go to the website eftm.com. G'day, Evan.
6: Trevor, thanks for taking the call. Really glad that I could sort of put my problem to you. Yeah, what's happening, Um, mate? Long story short, uh, not-for-profit organisation in this world of hybrid conferencing and professional development stuff, we now have to do, Um, we're streaming content to our professional members and also to a live face-to-face audience. So, what I'm trying to find is a happy middle ground camera we can plug into our laptop for the, so that we're presenting a PowerPoint presentation but also so that we can get some half-decent audio for our our country listeners.
2: Look, I would separate the two for a start. Um, Yep. uh, I think audio – how many presenters? Are you talking one or multiple presenters?
6: Look, the other night, which was a nightmare, trying to swap between three presenters, uh, but we made it to, to sort of kind of seamless. But
2: are they talking at the same time or are they just rotating?
6: No, rotating so one after the other in a static, fairly static position.
2: Yeah, right. So what I think you need to do, and you've got a laptop sitting nearby that position that you're streaming. Correct. From. Yeah. Yes. So let's talk audio first, because I'm a massive fan of getting audio right. Um, there's big investments you can make, but obviously it's not for profit. You want to keep it simple. Um, yes. there, there's actually a product which I haven't published the review of yet, but I will probably next week. It's um, it's a gaming microphone which sounds ridiculous, but it's perfect. It's hundred and nine dollars. It's a little, you know, I'm um, um, thinking Johnny Carson, Dave Letterman, the, the microphone they have sitting on their desk in, you know, those late night talk shows. I it, do, yes. It kind of looks like a mini one of those. Small, very small, black, um, but beautiful little unit. But essentially it just plugs into the USB of your computer and then you just select that as the microphone. So in the Zoom, just like you can choose which camera, you can choose which microphone. And then it's this directional boom microphone right there. Um it's fantastic, and it means you're getting really good quality audio for everyone that's um, that's watching. You can put that on a lectern. It's got like a two two meter cable. It's pretty much perfect. If you want to go up a step, I would highly recommend the um, Rode Wireless Go, which is a little wireless um, microphone unit. It can be used for you know video camera shooting and everything. But that's what I use for Zoom calls. Uh, yep. Little lapel clips onto your shirt, and then the other end plugs into the computer. Um, mm. But I think the the gaming microphone, this one's called HyperX, that's the brand. It's called a SoloCast, HyperX SoloCast, $109. Mate, unbelievably perfect for you, what you need.
6: Sounds like a very good
2: start, Trevor, thank you. When it comes to a camera, uh, what? so what camera do you have now?
6: Uh, the Logitech um, C920, yep. um, yeah, yeah, C920 mate, Pro, yeah. Mate,
2: that's a very good camera. I'll tell you the problem you've got, lighting. Yes. So can you light, like, is it? Is there a reason you need dim light or can can we talk about getting a light? Because I don't think you need a new camera. I think you need a better light.
6: Well, that's good. We're in, a uh, like, a large university lecture theatre most of the time yeah. and so the room is dark so that um, whatever the PowerPoint show is, yes. is coming up behind them on the big screen.
2: And uh, is the speaker offset from the big screen? So are they, like, off to the left or the right or are they right in the middle?
6: No, a little bit offset um, and below the screen, so that's possible.
2: Because honestly, and this is you don't don't sell it this way to to everyone using it, but like if you go to Kogan, in fact, Kogan is selling that microphone as well. So it makes it easy one purchase. <laughs> if you go to Kogan and I'm just gonna see whether they actually have it labeled as like a zoom light, but there there's been a boom in in lighting for for laptops, essentially over the, the last little while. Um, because so many people are doing Zoom calls. You should be able to get, um, I'm seeing here, a double selfie light ring for $40. bucks. i am seeing a 10-inch a light ring for 30 bucks. A light ring is what all the influencers use when they're taking their fancy selfies in front of the mirror. Um, It makes them look better, and it's all you really need is just something okay. that, that shines a little bit of light because you don't want to light the whole room. That's critical, right? You just want a little bit of light. And, yep. and, and most importantly, put the light right there with the laptop, not a meter back, right up there with the laptop. In fact, best case scenario, the camera sits in the middle of the light. It's a circle. And that way you get the light shining from the camera onto the person speaking. And that way you can use your existing camera. You spend less than 50 bucks on, on a light and $109 on the, on the HyperX SoloCast microphone. And you're going to look like the absolute pros.
6: That sounds like a, a brilliant setup, Trevor. I appreciate it.
2: My pleasure, mate. Let me know how you go. Enjoy uh, your next set of Zooms once they're uh, once you've got your gear ready.
6: Consider it done. Thanks Good again.
2: Thanks for getting in touch. And uh, if you've got a question like Evan and it doesn't matter what it is, we'll find a solution. That's what we do. Happy to help. Um, just go to the website, EFTM.com. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Wonderful to have your company this week. Um, I am off to Melbourne tomorrow. I am flying to Melbourne with a Stig. We're going to pick up a Porsche Taycan. Yeah, baby. Um, I couldn't get down for the launch because of lockdowns. So I said, listen, Porsche, you're going to need one of those in Sydney at some point for a press car. Do you want me to drive it back for you? So I'm flying to Melbourne tomorrow morning with a Stig. We're going to drive to Albury, Wodonga. Stay the night and we are going to do the Today Show from uh, outside of Wodonga on Friday morning and then we'll drive back to Sydney on Friday and I can't wait to get behind the wheel of the Porsche electric car. What a beautiful beast. Um, We've got videos up every single day on the Facebook page and the YouTube channel and same again next week. Um, I've got a busy week next week with a speaking gig on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday so I'll be a uh, bit... Disappearing act there. But uh, otherwise, stay safe, stay well, and uh, we'll hear from you soon. Always get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com, click on Ask Trev, and uh, hit me up on Twitter. Just at Trevalong and Instagram at Trevalong AU. See you next week here on the EFTM podcast. Music.